All right, welcome back to the Conehead Sports Podcast. Here with another reoccurring guest, Mr. Cal Oates. Cal, it's great to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? I'm awesome. It's I mean, you're one of my if I'm gonna be honest, you're one of my favorite voices to have on a podcast or just to hear when I used to go to the games, I would sit right in front of you so I could hear you doing the play by play and I could watch the game. It's great to have you on. No, it's, it's good. It's, it's, if I'm going to be the voice of anywhere to, to be the voice of, of Georgetown, Kentucky is, is, uh, is where it's at for me. So I'm happy to be that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start off with like, we had the interview last time, this time we could talk a little more sports, do what's going on today. And while like going back from that other interview, I was like, all right, maybe now these are some questions I could ask him. These are some follow-ups I have. So basically your job is you, you write for the newspaper and that's, that's from what I understand, that's kind of your main job. You write, you do sports and that's like kind of a dream job. If you yeah, it, it really that, is. Awesome. I mean, when, when people talk to me about it, there's a, you know, that's, there's a brief time before I moved, before I moved to Scott County and took this job that I was you know, doing some other things. They're like, why would you want to give up? being a sports writer, I'm like, well, that's a good question. And now that I think about it, it was probably a dumb thing. Now it's one of those, you know, it's a profession that I tell people you, you don't, you're not going to get rich, but you're, you're going to have fun with what you do every day. I mean, my entire mm -hmm. adult life pretty much has been spent covering kids games and so I can't complain one bit about that. And yeah, it, it has changed over the years. Like, just kind of as, as you alluded to, it's become a little bit more of a multimedia thing at, at the news graphic. We, uh, we do a lot of football and basketball uh, broadcasts. You know, I had started doing a little bit of that before I moved here. So that's kind of become part of it as, as newspapers, as the printed newspapers kind of, kind of diminished over the years. We've all had to become more uh, versatile and, and, and be more of a 24-7 kind of thing. And that means yeah. videos. That means, you know, uh, just a lot you know, quick, quick, yeah, quick hitter posts on social media and, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, the broadcast. So, yeah, it, it allows you to do a little bit of everything, but it's all it's all fun because it's all sports, you know. I, I feel like that's one of the, the the good things about you when you think of like I mean like football teams adapting to like the different play of the game basketball teams. I feel like you did a really great job because you just started doing something with Scott County. I feel like this might have been your second year or third year doing it where you now do the play by play for football. Yeah, What's this was year? actually our first football season. Last oh. uh, we had two I think it was two basketball seasons under our belt. We kind of did a a limited schedule two years ago. And then last year we did, I believe, 22 games. Uh, and I think this year before COVID, we had a schedule tentatively with 27 on it. And, you know, Lord only knows how many games are really going to get played yeah. in during basketball season. But it's it's going to be a good a good chunk of games again, which I think a lot of people are going to watch. You know, the, the – the, Obviously, there's been a lot of negative to to the COVID situation, but the the positive, a small positive for me was the broadcast I did. A lot of people were listening and watching because, frankly, they couldn't go to the games. So, mm -hmm. uh, unless they were immediate family of one of the players, so it's uh, you talk about being the voice, the eyes, and the ears of of the county. That's kind of what it it, it feels <laughs> like because for a lot of people, you know, being able to do the pay per view option is really the only option they've got right now. So it's a, yeah. 
it's it's good pressure, I guess you could say. <laughs> so for like if it for professionals kind of like watching like an average game that you'd watch on TV, and I would even honestly consider you a professional, but like the the stats for high school, I feel like are very, very limited. So when you're going into a football game, say, I don't know, Scott County uh douglas brian station something like that right. what's your preparation like going into a game like that to get your stats have stuff to talk about what is that like yeah i mean we're lucky here khs AA has a great website of how much you go on it but you know you can find this year's stats you can find this year's schedule you can find the schedule and the results for every sport back to i think 1998 Whoa. It's, it's crazy yeah and I, I can tell you coming from another state that there's nothing like that there. Uh, you're lucky to have, we're lucky to have that kind of thing here. So, yeah, I spend time uh, every week kind of looking over the stats for the teams that they're playing, reminding myself of what Scott County or Great Crossing did in their game and what their stats are. And then just you try to you try to memorize as many, uh, match as many names and numbers in your brain as you can so you don't have to look down and at, at your notes too much. But it's uh, it's – it's uh it's a lot in a in a short window of time, but uh, and and football, you know, it's and basketball too. They're both uh, they're both pretty nonstop. You don't have a lot of dead air to to fill. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it's fun. It's uh it's fun. It's something I always wanted to do as a kid. I used to sit at a, a tape recorder or a radio, or whatever, or a microphone, and talk into it and pretend I was broadcasting <laughs> games. And now now I have for a couple of years, so it's it's pretty neat. That especially like just like think, yeah, exactly, exactly what you just said. Like when you're younger and you're doing that, and now you get to do it, I feel like that that's kind of a cool experience and kind of surreal experience doing it, even at a high school level. Like, I feel like that's a really cool thing to do, but like going, going into like the basketball season this year and hopefully they let you guys in. I feel like of, of most people, you guys should be the ones letting in to be able to call the games like yeah. preparation. That wise, it's still just the KHSAA website and remembering the numbers. Yeah, really. That's it. And basketball is easier because you're dealing with really eight or nine guys that are probably going to play or eight or nine girls in a game. It's, true. So it's not as, it's not as extensive as football, but yeah, you, you, you prepare stat wise. You kind of, you kind of try to have, some information in front of you on what the teams did in their previous game, uh, you know, what they're, what they've done in their district games, things of that nature, just to kind of set the, set the scene a little bit. But then as you're going, the game itself pretty much uh, is self-explanatory. Once you get going, you you always like to have some information that you can kind of fill the void, uh, you know, in terms of a kid's stats or whatever, if he's at the Mm -hmm. foul line or, or, but just little little stuff like that, but yeah, it's it's pretty much the same for for every sport, and it's uh, you just try you just try to have as much knowledge in your bank as you can, so you sound like you know what you're talking. About. <laughs> That's and, true. Uh, so, um, what's the next step? Like, are they going to have you come out and maybe do some Georgetown College games? Because I already know you're tweeting about them. Maybe they'll have you call them next. Well, uh, Georgetown College has its own deal. Uh, they they broadcast they have their own broadcast team as far as I know they've had it for football and and basketball anyway but um, I would just like you know for us I look at the next step is just kind of building on what we do and, and, and making it better and more consistent and you know I I think we've got a good thing for for the people that don't know basically what we do now is we 
it's it's a simulcast. We do uh, you can get an audio broadcast for free on the News Graphic website. We put the same sound over the NFHS video broadcast. So if somebody has an NFHS subscription and they're watching the football or basketball game, if it's a game that we're doing, they're going to hear my commentary and whoever's whoever's doing the commentary would be over it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I just want to continue uh, getting good at what we do, and you know, I always feel like whether it's written down, whether it's in the in print. Whether it's taking pictures, whether it's talking, if, if something's got my name on it, I always want it to be better tomorrow than it was the day before. You know what I mean? So for me, oh, yeah. the, for me, the next step is just keep keep you know working and and making it as good as it can be. And I, I'd like people to to feel like what we do for for Scott County and Great Crossing Sports is as good as anything is being done anywhere in the state. That's kind of always my goal. So. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. And I mean, doing this and even though it's relatively new, I feel like over the year, over the next few years, it'll be more appreciated, especially this year was kind of the perfect year to do it with. I feel like there's a whole bunch of people not being able to go to the games and going to you. I feel like that's a it's a huge stepping stone for what could possibly come come about out of this yeah it really worked i mean like i said it was about the only positive thing i can see of this whole year (laughs) you know from that perspective the timing of it you're right was good for people to you know i i i had dt wells always keeps the numbers and sends them to me but i I believe he said we had somewhere between 2500 and 3000 viewers for the scott county douglas playoff game whoa which is phenomenal yeah (laughs) yeah and you know i think we probably had that many for the scott county great crossing game it's been long enough now that i can't quite remember but and that one was kind of divided up you know you had a church was showing it on a big screen you had some some you know galvin's was showing it i believe you know so a lot of people were contributing to that i don't know uh i don't know what uh what the final numbers were yeah those two games in particular Obviously, a lot of people were interested in, so for us to be able to bring it to them was uh, gratifying, and I'm, I'm glad we were, were able to do that, and the timing of it was pretty good. So, yeah, that, it, those 2,500, probably you could put probably 500 on top of that with the Galvins and the churches and everybody probably like just watching from the TV. Right. Now, I was going to say, each one of those could be three or four people sitting around a TV in their living room. We never, we never know. So it's, yeah, exactly. uh, it's, it's, it's a cool number. Uh, how many actual people it was, was probably even more than that. And, you know, I always, I always look at it as it's, it's exposure for the schools. It's exposure for my company at the news graphic. And it's just, it, it's a, it's a win-win for, for everybody, hopefully. So it was exciting. Oh, a hundred percent. And, so now getting to the football side of the KHSAA and uh, they just finished the entire bracket and tournament for one through six A. Yeah. So Julian Tackett, I think is his name of the commissioner. How, how would you rate on how he got through the season and how, how good do you think of a job he did with, I mean, getting the games going, letting them have a season, oh, letting yeah. them have it at Kroger field like how would you write on how he did from your perspective a a plus 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 I you know I can't anybody that has anything negative to say about Mr. Tackett right now I'd say you got to be real thankful that we had a season uh they did just a tremendous job uh, every step of the way I mean we can all the thing with COVID and the thing with our political situation in America now is everybody can find a reason to to 
dislike anything. And oh yeah, so I mean, we all. I mean, in a perfect world, we all would have loved to have had a 15-game season, you know, 10 games plus the playoffs. We all would have loved to start in August. We all would have loved to have not had any weeks off built into the schedule. But they they were dealing, you know, they were up against a lot. They were up against public perception. They were up against, you know, I don't know if you remember when this was announced in, in August that they were going to go ahead with the season. Basically, the governor got on TV that same day and said, he didn't think it was a good idea. And Dr. Stack yeah. got on TV and said he didn't think it was a good idea. And if those two guys are on TV saying what you're doing is, is probably not a good idea, you're up against <laughs> it right from the start. And, uh, I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a middle of the road thinker on the whole thing. I'm, I'm, I, I've said all along, I think we needed to have a season. I think this is more than a game for so many kids. I think it's just a, a, a physical and mental health issue for, for people in that age group that they need to be doing something other than sitting around and, and looking oh, yeah. at devices all day and, you know, and consuming all the negativity that's, that's out there right now. So uh, I just, I just give him all the, the, the praise and honor you could imagine for, for having this, uh, for being able to get this season in to anywhere close to a full season. I mean, I, I think some teams that, played this weekend ended up playing 11 12 games they got the six of them got to you know take home a trophy and i guarantee you as the years go by that trophy there's no asterisk it's gonna it counts just as much as any other season uh, oh, yeah. a full playoff uh the, the, the best teams won i think you had two unforgettable overtime finals on friday uh just a just a great season and even before football just the fact that soccer and field hockey and volleyball and cross country and and you name it all got to have their seasons yeah uh, it, it left it leaves me with a good feeling for basketball because i think there's a lot of uncertainty right now mm, yeah. you look at when you look at the covid map and see all the red and you know there's some good news out there right now with the vaccines and everything but we're all i think concerned how are we going to get through this winter and have a basketball season but i think they built up enough goodwill and trust in the fall that I think we'll have uh, some semblance of a season. And uh, I'm glad they've made the decisions they've made to try to delay the, the Sweet 16 a little bit. I don't mm -hmm. want it to overlap too much in the spring because I don't think we need to take away from spring sports again. I'm sure you agree with that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, but by the same token, I think uh, it's important. Anybody that saw the numbers and the amount of revenue that basketball generates for the KHSAA will understand why they want to have as many people at Rupp Arena or wherever this thing gets played for sure. as humanly possible. So, but yeah, fall season, uh, KHSAA, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I spent 42 years of my life in Maine before I moved to Kentucky. Maine did not have a football season this fall. They barely Ooh. had, they barely had a soccer season and a field hockey season. They, they, there were no playoffs. Uh, it, it, it was, for a lot of reasons and a lot of people are to blame and it's, the <laughs> listeners to this show don't care about that but just say i can compare what happened in kentucky to a lot of other places and i'm confident that we've got some really good people in charge of what we do here so i'm very thankful oh for sure and going back to what you said earlier with like it's more than a sport to some of these kids is 100 percent true and before school closed i mean most of my classes most of the people showing up are you know the football players the ones who yeah. don't really have a choice to <laughs> stay home like you got to go you got to yeah. get your grades up and they're talking to me like 
like I'm realizing like for them, this really is more than a sport for them. Like they go to school, they get good grades so they can play. They go to school, they have after school practice and they go to, they go to bed like absolutely exhausted. And then they get up and they do the same thing again. It's hot. It's freezing outside. In the beginning, it's super hot and then it gets really, really cold. And I feel like that's a huge part that I feel like a lot of people who listen to this know, but I feel like there's a lot of people who don't know and just criticize people all the time for thinking it's just not just a sport it's it's definitely more than a sport and i know that you you probably know that a hundred percent you've seen that probably firsthand and i I just love that you said that especially with getting onto basketball and i i know a lot of people who if they don't have the basketball season it would it would devastate kids and a whole bunch of parents i just get really upset when i hear these people say you know, and this is not a knock against school, the importance of school at all. But when people say, well, if we're not in, in school, I don't see how we can have athletics. And to me, you know, the expression virtue signaling, I feel like that's virtue signaling. I think I think mm. that's what some people feel like they're supposed to say, that there's, they're supposed to say that sports are down here off in the corner and that education is above all. I'll tell them that sports are, whether they like it or not, a huge component of education for so for sure. many kids, more than they'll ever understand. And that may not be ideal. That may not be the way the world should be, but it's the way the world is. And it's, it's, it's just, for so many kids, it's the, it's the motivational, it's the carrot at the end of the stick that keeps them going <laughs> and oh, keeps oh, them yeah. engaged. So whatever it takes uh i'm i'm all in favor of so I'm, I'm glad we're playing sports i'm glad the winter sports are practicing again i'm hoping and praying on january 4th that i'll be uh, covering a basketball game somewhere and uh oh yeah it's gonna be good that that's no that's what you just said was 100 percent perfect i mean there would be if if they just cut sports the you would see a huge shift in academic growth like immediately and that's 100 percent facts you can you can say whatever you want, but you you hit it on the dot. Um, so getting into now a little bit of Scott County basketball, um, obviously I think with all you just said, they will end up playing. Do you think it'll be – how do you predict going out? Do you think it'll be a full season? Do you think no fans? Do you think cheerleaders, uh, dancers? Do you think what, – what, what do you think is going to happen just looking at it right now? My, my gut feeling is right now – it it would be parents at most allowed in the mm-hmm. game, other other than officials and like you said, media and and whatever. I, I'm hopeful that maybe toward the end of the season will be more than that. I'm certainly hopeful that the cheer and dance will be allowed uh, at least on a semi regular basis because they're they take it seriously. It's a competitive situation for them. Yeah, it's an, it's a it's something they take great pride in providing that atmosphere for the games and uh, I'm I'm 100% hopeful that they will get in. As far as what we're going to see for a season right now, they re- they're really trying to cram a full season's worth of games. If you look online at the schedules, I think all four of the teams have at least 25 games scheduled that you you know, they they give them a max of 30. I don't know if you ask me my gut feeling on how many games will actually get played. I, I would be happy with 18 to 20 in the regular season. I would feel like yes. that was a success. You know, you look at football, a normal 10-game season ended up being six or seven or eight for most teams. So I think if, yep. you, look, if you look at that, if, you, if we think basketball will follow that same pattern, 
18 to 20 games will probably would probably be considered. Now, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of situations where a game gets canceled at two o'clock and they within an hour have scheduled a different opponent for that night's game. I mean, I, I only half jokingly said, I think you're going to see some situations where teams on a bus going to one place and gets rerouted somewhere else because <laughs> one school can't play in another can. And it, it's going to be a, a crazy, a crazy season to follow for me and for a lot of people that are really closely engaged in it. But uh, hopefully, hopefully never one that we have to live through again. But I do think mm-hmm. uh, every effort is going to be made to, to play as many games as possible. How many that will be, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think if we can get 50 to 75% of what's on the schedule, then I'll consider that a, a plus. And I think um, the Sweet 16, I don't think there is any way they don't play it with you said the revenue. And I feel like at Rupp Arena, you can 100% social distance with they've, what they've been doing already with Kentucky playing. I think they'll have no problem social distancing, but I mean – yeah, I and they'll have the, they'll have the live TV. They'll have the streaming option too. If you judge football, like you know, Kroger Field is another example where, especially where yep. it's outdoors, they could have social distanced all day long. They could have had the same crowds they had in the past. Now they didn't. Somebody, a few people, posted the attendance. The attendance was about half what it usually is. They still had four or five thousand people at each game, but you figure a lot of people were were watching at home, and I and I think that's going to be a key to the basketballs, the success of of the, the sweet 16 is they're going to have to get uh, people buying the stream. But, uh, you know, I think what, what's the, what's the standard on the UK games? Is it 30% or 3000? I, I don't know what the number they've set, but whatever that is, I would hope that that's allowable for, for the sweet 16, for the sake of the KHSWA. Now, obviously for the, for the boys tournament, especially it's going to be nowhere near what we're used to seeing in there. But uh, again, it's at least the games are being played. At least uh, you know, they're working together to ensure that as many people can can be there in person as possible, and then beyond that, there are options to to watch on TV. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot better than last year when you got the rug pulled out from under us. You know, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> so now, I mean, we've talked about the sports. Now let's get into uh, let's get into the professional sports. The mm-hmm. what just happened this morning with the college football playoff rankings coming out. Yeah. And I'm 100% bet you watched the – I mean, there were some great games yesterday. The Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, Florida. Alabama, Florida was nuts. I mean, I, I've, I, I quiet, I'm quietly – I don't say it very loud around here, but I'm kind of a Florida fan, always have been. <laughs> so I had kind of given up on that game at halftime, and I took a little bit of a break, and I came back, and it was 35-31 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in business, and, and it was it was a good one down to the wire. But, yeah, some some great games. I think that's been an interesting thing is that we're not going to have to wait. You know, we're, we're playing conference championships, and then bowls are going to start this week. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be nice. Yeah. Instead of, like, the previous years having to wait, like, three weeks. No, right. we get them this – is it this Saturday? Or is it – I think it's this Saturday. I think uh, the actual semifinal games are on January 1st. Uh, but I believe we have an actual bowl game either tomorrow night or Tuesday afternoon. They start They start early this week. So it's going to be uh, – and then we've got on Christmas Day, we've got NFL. We've got, yes. we've got NBA. We've got a bowl game. We've got, we've got crazy options. Guess uh, 
UK just found out it's going to the Gator Bowl on January 2nd today. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good time of year, man. <laughs> they, 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 you talked about there's not a lot good coming out of COVID, but I do not mind at all the Monday games, the Monday football, the Tuesday football games. We had a Wednesday football game. You get these bowl games left and right. When I'm you, not mad. When you think that. of all the sports that we've gotten crammed into the last four to six months, it's crazy. It has been amazing. It has been. Th- I've had the time of my life just sitting on my couch, just watching the NBA playoffs, and you have you have hockey during the NBA playoffs, yeah, right. and then you go right into college football. It was it was perfect. I mean, the NBA NBA playoffs literally just ended. And now we're starting another season this week. So we already have. We already have preseason, and they're starting the NBA season like the 21st. What is that? That's tomorrow? Yeah, it's this week. I love that. But getting back getting back to the college football, do you think the big one was Notre Dame getting in, should Texas A&M get in, should Oklahoma get in? What was your, what was your take on who should yeah. get that four spot? I felt like the top three were locks. I know there were people that didn't want Ohio State in because they only played six games. Well, we all knew there were going to be some things about this year that were abnormal. And that's just one of those things. I mean, the fact that their conference was a little slack and getting started, you know, we, we all have feelings about that. But they, you know, I think they had a couple of things beyond their control happen. And, you know, they beat everybody who was in front of them. I don't have a problem with them. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, I knew was going to be, to me, those were the two choices. I don't, you know, we can talk about Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, and all that. It's not their fault, but you've got to beat somebody. You, you yeah. can't have the 80th strength of schedule or 77th out of 100 and something teams. It just, I can't have a lot of sympathy. And, and again, it's not their fault, especially with COVID. I'm sure their chances of playing any real opposition were completely out the window. You know, the schedule, basically, most people went with a conference only schedule. And so it is what it is. But uh, yeah. as far as Notre Dame and Texas AM, look, I've always felt like it, it's a what have you done for me lately world. So the fact that Notre Dame got trounced yesterday wasn't good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It left a it left a bad impression. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were saying, well, do we really want to subject America to Notre Dame versus Alabama on the first after yeah. after seeing what Notre Dame Clemson round two was like but you you kind of have to set that aside and not let that creep into it i think the fact of the matter is notre dame beat clemson the first time and we know it was without lawrence but it's still on their resume it's still better i think than any win a&m had probably a&m's best win was florida i think maybe if florida hadn't lost to lsu uh maybe that would have put a&m over the top i don't know but you know a&m got blown out by alabama so they both had a blowout on their resume yeah. You've got to weigh those two things against each other. I think you got to give Notre Dame credit for the first win over Clemson and let them in. I'm I, Oklahoma, two losses now. I'm I'm good with that. I didn't. Yeah. I thought the whole discussion about the Big Twelve. If you know, if if Iowa State had won it, now they had two losses. So, nah. Florida, three losses. You know, even if they had won the SEC championship, I don't think with two losses they would have gotten in. So, I'm I'm happy with it. I think. I think four is probably too many this year. Um, you know, anticipating a question that you're probably going to ask, and I'll, I'll answer it before you do, because everybody talks about it every year. Should we expand yeah. this thing to eight? Should we expand this thing to 12, 16? Yeah. Okay, fine. But I think people have this idea that it's going to be like March Madness is, where you're going to have, you know, crazy upsets. And 
I, yeah. It's just not the same with football. I, I don't, you know, yeah. 98 times out of 100, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State, or Cincinnati is going to get whooped by one of those Power 5 schools. It's just, it's oh, just sure. the reality of it. And, you know, I, I know we all live for the underdog, and we all we all live to cut down the, the, the traditional big, rich powerhouse things in life <laughs> in this day and age. But, you know. There's a reason Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame are who they are. You know, yeah. they they play a tough schedule year in and year out, and they, and they perform. You know, I saw some crazy statistics last night of what their record is since 2010. Those just those four, uh, five schools or whatever I mentioned, it's crazy. Uh, they they're clearly head and shoulders, and uh, yeah, you know, I. I think it's the Alabama Invitational anyway. I, I you know, I do, uh, all yeah. respect to Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that Clemson has the horses to keep up with Alabama. I'm impressed that Florida did as much as they did last night, but I, I still think it's Alabama's year. Listening to – so the Florida game against LSU was kind of funny when Florida had it in the bag. All they had to do is not throw a shoe. And what do they do? The guy throws the shoe 20 yards, they get a penalty, sets LSU up for a field goal, and they win it. I'm okay, you gotta stick with me here. Say <laughs> Florida, Florida doesn't do that, they win, they beat LSU, and then they go into Alabama with a little bit of a little bit more momentum. And they only lost Alabama yesterday by I don't know, was it maybe a touchdown? Maybe yeah, 10. it was six, I think. They went for two, so it ended up being, I don't know, fifty two to forty six, something like that. So say they beat they beat LSU, they go into that game with momentum. I think Florida looks really, really good against Alabama, and maybe they can even win that game. What do you, so? What was your take on him throwing the shoe? Because oh, I, it was, was it was the dumbest thing ever. I know everybody <laughs> everybody compared it to the guy in the Ole Miss Mississippi State game last year that got down like he was a dog squatting on a fire hydrant, you know? <laughs> and it, it was a similar. The only thing different was. It was a much more significant situation because it cost oh, yeah. it cost Florida any chance at all of playing for a national championship. They 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 win that game. You know LSU people were cutting down LSU. They're a better team. Uh, a 500 team from the SEC is arguably one of the top 25 teams in America. In reality, you know yeah. I I'll, I'll I'll stick up for UK even as a four and six team as as probably one of the top. 25 or 30 teams in the country just because of who they played. So exactly. Florida winning a tough game against LSU wouldn't have, wouldn't have hurt them. What did hurt them was losing at home in such ridiculous fashion. And yeah, you're right. If they, as tough as they played Alabama last night, if, if that were only their second loss and not their third, I think you could make a case that maybe they were the fourth team, but certainly it just cost them any chance of, whatsoever of having that so yeah that's an embarrassing situation you just yeah you know you do undisciplined silly things you, you deserve to lose it's kind of my yeah. position on that there may there may a high school team or two that shall remain nameless that uh, showed that tendency during the season <laughs> and i may yeah. or may not have anticipated that it may cost them in the playoffs and it may or may uh, not have <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I think I think when 
when, when yeah. teams repeatedly beat their chest over routine plays and routinely run their mouth, it comes back to bite them. And Florida, oh, for sure. Florida doing what they did there is, is an example of it. That, I mean, that guy, you got in that situation, the pressure is so high. You do that. I mean, he's risking his stock, his draft stock, and the entire team because of what he did. And I mean, you're looking at that's a win. You're looking, even though they lost Alabama, I mean, they still look good. You're you're thinking Notre Dame, Florida instead of Notre Dame, Texas A and M, and it's a lot closer. It's oh. a lot closer than that. So that that I I don't like Florida, but I couldn't help but laugh in that situation. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> the worst thing about it was Dan Mullen, Coach Mullen, basically defended him. In, in, I yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm sure behind closed doors, he was like, you idiot, you cost us. <laughs> but to go up on the podium and basically defend the kid there, I, I just don't understand that. I think that's a bad, I think that's bad optics all the way around. I think yeah. you've got to, you've got to say, look, it, it's, we got to be better than that. And he, maybe he did kind of say that, but in a very roundabout way. Gosh, I, I did see. I totally forgot that Dan Mullen stuck up for him, and I was like, "Man, you gotta, you gotta be sick." No, but... no, 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 no. I don't know. It, it, that was, that was a, the whole thing was a little unsettling. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's a tough game to losing. And to me, I think a lot of people are using that game as maybe an example as as to why they didn't like a six and zero Ohio State team getting in because when you play a full season of college football, so many weird things can happen. You know, you, oh, yeah. can, you can slip up against anyone in your conference because you're, especially when you're a team at the top like that, that's got the bullseye on your chest. I mean, yeah. And just like yesterday in the big 10 game, you know, Ohio state didn't play all that well. They, they had, a, a, you know, a, an all world game from sermon with 300 plus yards, but they didn't, you know, they turned the ball over a bunch. They were, behind most of the day until the, the fourth quarter. So anything can happen when you play 11, 12, 13 games to get to that point. So uh, Florida, That's true. Florida, again, a, an example of that. Um. So now it's going to be Ohio State, Clemson. Do you think there's any chance that Ohio State pulls it out? I don't. I, I can't see a possibility that Ohio State – I they're a really good team. I see that the last six games have been complete blowouts no matter who they're playing. But, I mean, Clemson is their bigger – Trevor Lawrence is insane. I don't. I can't really see a possibility that Ohio State wins. Yeah, I, I don't know if America is sick of seeing Alabama and Clemson just about every year in in January, but uh, they're going to see it again this January. Is oh my, yeah, is my uh, anticipation is that I, I think those are the two best, the two best teams, the two best programs. It seems like every year, not only are they good, but they're young. Like Alabama has. Freshman and so does Clemson doing doing things yes. and plays. I mean, it just it just never seems to end. And you know, you look at National Signing Day. What did they say? Four of the top nine wide receivers in America signed with Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just gets crazier every year. It, yeah, I, I, it's amazing to me the hold that these these schools have on. You know, I guess every kid coming out of high school wants to play for the best and wants to wants to compete at, at that level. So it's going to continue as long as as long as Saban's at Alabama and and Sweeney's at uh, Clemson. I don't see any uh, anything changing very soon. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I was watching the game last night, and I was like, if you're a top ten wide receiver in the nation. Why wouldn't you want to go to Alabama? I know there's, I mean, there's spectacles like if you mess up, you got a five star behind you kind of thing. Right. I mean, I get that, but.
But I mean, it's Alabama. You're on the biggest stage, and you got to give props to Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. Those guys have, I mean, Dabo Sweeney is more recent, but Nick Saban, they have adapted, like we said earlier, over time, these things to winning. I mean, you could be sick of them being in the playoffs, but they are so good that you have to give them credit. So, but I did like LSU and Clemson last year with Joe Burrow just thrashing the Clemson and their defense. But I mean, you're definitely going to see Alabama at LSU this year. And yeah, and if, and if, you, if you go to Alabama, you know you've got a, a, a better than average chance to end up in the NFL. I mean, yeah. Damian Harris was basically a platoon player at Alabama. He got basically half the carries while he was there, and he was he certainly had an impact year with the Patriots this year. Jed Wills basically was kind of a platoon player his freshman year and then started, I think, both as a sophomore and junior before declaring, and now he's yeah. he's probably going to be a, a multi-multi-time pro bowler in the NFL. I mean, you don't uh, – if, if you've got that level of talent, you might as well go – Go to Alabama because it's uh, it's probably a fast track to where you want to go ultimately. For sure, I mean, yeah, that's Alabama, Clemson, crazy talent. You just got to give them the props. Maybe one day. I mean, Nick Saban's old. The day that he <laughs> retires, him and I don't know, maybe Dabo might take the crown, but that that crown's going to be open. And everybody thought that he lost it last year when they. Uh, they didn't even make it last year, did they? No, they didn't. They they lost two games, and I kind of felt like I kind of felt like everybody's fatigue about Alabama kind of cost them last year because they they lost a close game to LSU. They basically yeah. were the only team to play LSU close, and then they lost one other one like right at the end. Maybe it was Auburn, and that and then everybody was like, "Oh, that's it." They dropped them to like twelfth in the standings. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Alabama loses two. Close games, the SEC. We're going to drop them below all those teams. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they just wanted to make sure there was no way they were going to get in the top four, as far as I was concerned. So, yeah, this is definitely a bounce back year for them. I uh, yeah, I hundred percent remember. Everybody's like, oh, this is the reign of Alabama's gone. And I was like, hey guys, maybe, maybe just uh, settle down. I didn't think Mac Jones was going to be as good as he was. Uh, I thought the losing the lost Tua last year. Yeah. I think the losing Tua was going to be a lot bigger than it has been mm-hmm. mac jones first of all crazy i mean i didn't think this guy was gonna be what he is but i mean you got five star wide receivers running <laughs> yeah. crazy routes and catching crazy balls and yeah, you, I, you you know, it wasn't that. that long ago that quarterback at alabama wasn't really a a, a position you associated with a, yeah. you know, a pro success i mean a lot of times their quarterback would win, but he would be a game manager. It was all about the running backs. It was all about Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. In fact, if you look at the Heisman list, the last 20 years, those are the only two non-quarterbacks that won it, and they were both Alabama running backs. And it's just – it's changed. The game has changed, and Saban's adapted to it, and now he's got all these stud receivers. And as long as you've got a guy that can throw it up there and they can go get it (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> Here, here's even here's the thing, and they had a, a running back yesterday score five touchdowns. Oh, he's a beast. <laughs> Najee Harris is a beast. I mean, it, it, just and their line is just crazy good. And it's yeah, it, it's it's the what's the expression? The an embarrassment of riches. That's what that's what Alabama is. Their their backups could beat most people. Gosh. 
I'm I'm gonna have so much fun watching them play. Just I love I love this this time of year. You get you get yeah. the basket. Usually you'd get basketball like starting to get in, but now mm. we got basketball starting. Nah, I love it. So before we end, we'll, we'll end it with a little bit of Kentucky basketball, which is probably a bad place to end it. <laughs> but, but we'll do it anyways. Oh. Let's just they're one in five. Yeah. First, we'll just start with. Do you think they they could? What what do you? The turnaround. How do you think they can turn this team around uh, just to be mediocre at this point? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the only saving grace is that, you know, they can hope for the SEC to be, you know, they, they've they mostly lost to at least decent opponents. I mean, I, mean, yeah. you, I think Richmond's going to be a top 25 team all season. And they've, they've lost to yeah, – they, they've played good teams. I mean, I think that's – they've played Kansas. They've played, uh, you know, now now North Carolina. These are all – these are not – these are not bad programs. So I think if they can go – if they can go yeah. four, 14 and four, wh- however many – I don't know if it's an 18 or a 20-game SEC season this year, but if they can win 75% of their conference games, that will leave them at, you know, roughly 16 – 10, 16, 11, whatever, whatever it ends yeah. up. I think that's probably enough if you're Kentucky to get in uh, based on your name recognition and, and a lot of other things. And if, and if they're the second or third best team in the SEC, that probably is enough, but it's, it's ugly right now. It, they just don't see, I mean, you know, you know, I, people say, I understand why Calipari does what he does. I understand yeah. going out and getting that level of talent because it's the same reason Alabama football does it. It's hard exactly. to screw it up. And it may not always mesh. You may get a season like this, but you're also occasionally going to get a season like 2014, 15, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you're just where it is going to, to mesh. And basketball's changing, though. I think you see these guys, they, they're McDonald's All-America, but – they can't make a contested shot. Oh, no, they can't shoot. All they can make is the occasional open three and a transition layup, and you're like, how do these guys get that level of, I don't know, acclaim at the high school level when they they can't, you know, right now they can't even run a basic half-court offense. And the other thing is it's just it just seems like over the last five years the trend is it's becoming very, very hard for those 18- and 19-year-old young men to compete against 22 and 23 year old adults. You look at the teams that are at the top right now. Gonzaga has done it by building a program by, by getting three and four year guys. Baylor, Baylor, same way. Iowa, yeah, yeah. same way. Garza is a classic. I was college big man. And Frederick is the classic college leave me open and I'm going to kill you from three point range guy. And they've got three and four year guys that, and that's why, that's why they're successful. Illinois, same thing. Michigan state. He, he's done a little bit of the one and done, but he also gets his share of two and three year guys. You look at the teams teams that have won it the past few years, Villanova, Virginia, those aren't one and done schools. They're they're for getting sure. guys to buy into their program and to stay for at least two or three years. Even North Carolina with the right, the, right, those exactly. Old guys. They you know, and the two schools that have most flagrantly gone in that other direction are Duke and Kentucky, and they both stink out loud right now. 
yeah, yeah. I just don't know. I don't. I don't see the value in it. In, in what they're doing right now, it, it just it just seems like the trend has gone back toward. And, I, and the thing that upsets Kentucky people most of all is we see all over the place just today Adam Kunkel hitting a fallaway three and getting mobbed and, and tackled by his teammates because Xavier won another game, and yeah. the guys at Eastern, our, our local guys at Eastern, oh, have big oh for sure. You know, Cooper Robb hitting a ton of threes on national TV. Michael Marino lighting it up for 29 points in a game. Uh, Tavion Hollingsworth at, at Western Kentucky. The list goes on and on. And then, and then we're wondering, when is Dante Allen going to get to play? And the exactly. Reality, you know, the reality is he's going to get to play when he transfers to one of those other schools that I just mentioned <laughs> and averages 25 or 30 a game his senior year. Yeah, and it's, it's just it's maddening if you're and, and yet I still do understand why he does it, because those guys do on paper, on film, on huddle or whatever, have so much talent. But mm-hmm. you got to get that talent to play together and, and you got and that talent's got to develop. You know, you can't just rely on the offensive skills that you had as a 16, 17 year old AAU player that you've got to exactly continue to progress. And I just don't – sometimes sometimes he doesn't get guys that are hungry, it seems like. I think um, I think you can make an argument AAU is ruining college. Oh, I've been, college make, I've been making that argument for years. And, you know, I've got I've got friends who are in that, you know, in that arena, you know, in mm-hmm. multiple states. So, I, I you know, I, I try to – I try to be nice <laughs> about it. But there's yeah. no – there's no question – there's no question that uh, – it has it has harmed the overall team game, you know. And I don't know how it is in Kentucky because I think at least in Kentucky our rules, you know, allow for coaches to work with their teams pretty much year round in high school. Yeah, I think but so. Like up in up in Maine, there were very punitive rules against that. Like your 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 season, your summer season was X number of days, and that was it. And if your star player was off playing in some national AAU tournament, well, that's all well and good for his college you know, recruiting hopes, but the local team wasn't getting any better because he wasn't playing with those other teammates. Those third, fourth, and fifth starters on his team weren't getting that chance to grow with him. So it definitely affected the quality of play there. I think it's affected the quality of play everywhere and even at the college level, like you're saying. I think so. And I think for Kentucky, I mean, it's looking – it's looking bad with BJ Boston kind of becoming a if this is this is an old name like a Ryan Harrow yeah. with how he was supposed to be so good. I think this team can turn it around. I think once Keon Brooks come Keon Brooks is a whole nother conversation with what's going on and what Cal made him do yesterday. Um, that I th- I think they can turn it around. I think they will. Cal, I feel like is not adapting as we talked about Nick and Dabo adapting, but I think he can. I think the he's a better recruiter than a coach is now starting to, I mean, maybe come to pass. And I've always been against it for the longest time. Like, no, Calipari is a good coach. And now I'm looking like, hey, you got to you gotta get it back. And you got schools around the state. I mean, A.W. Hamilton at EKU, they're looking great. Western almost beat Xavier in some tournament like a few weeks ago. They're looking great. I mean, yeah. You gotta adapt. He, I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's had to coach as much in, in uh-huh. recent years. And I, and I think that eventually that catches up with you. You gotta kind of keep your teeth sharp a little bit. If and, and you know other, where other coaches have to do it year after year. 
you know, a couple of things that, you know, I think everybody finds bothersome that he said. One that he said multiple times, and it was long before this year. It seems like he's more concerned. And he's basically come out and said that he considers a success if this program develops guys for the NBA. That's all well and good. That's not what the average UK fan cares about. You know, we all like seeing those guys succeed in the NBA, but but UK fans care about winning another title, hanging another banner. That is mm-hmm. what they want, number one, above all else. And the other thing that's bothersome is when he, you know, they, they dropped to one and three or one and four earlier a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, well, if you lose back-to-back games around here, people lose their mind. Well, yeah, because it, <laughs> it hasn't happened since the Billy Gillespie era. One yeah. and five, one and six, whatever they are now, hasn't happened since 1926. I mean, of it's course crazy. people are going to get upset. You want If you don't want people to be that invested in your program and to be upset and to think that's not acceptable, then maybe maybe you're in the wrong place. And I know he's got a lifetime contract or whatever it is, but it's 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 time, man. He's they've got to turn it around. It's it's not going to be acceptable for very long. <laughs> I, I, I I may be going on a limb here, but it seems like Cal kind of likes to upset the the average UK fan a little bit. He likes to he likes to poke them and, and prod them <laughs> a little bit. You're right about that. And and I do think, you know, history shows this team will get better in January and February. The past couple of years, that's been the trend. They're gonna yeah. have to get a lot better because they're much farther behind the eight ball than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, under his watch anyway so uh, here's 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 a good part about what's going on we heard bj boston opening quote-unquote breakfast club where they go in early and him and cameron fletcher are the only ones going so far but i feel like him doing that is a shine of leadership and i feel like once keon brooks comes back i feel like things may gel and you can see that there is a lot of from the rant, the last few kentucky teams you've had these seniors you have keon brooks and that's kind of it and I feel like having him coming back onto the floor, I feel like he will make the team better and they'll gel and the the overall potential can be reached, but it's I mean, it's gotta start now. You you don't have any more time. I think what's what's really important when you have his philosophy, and I don't I think this team lacks it compared to, you need that grad transfer type personality. And he had he had kind of gone with a mix of that the past couple of years, but I think you need to you need to be really selective and, and get yourself one or two good ones to yeah. come in and be that veteran presence and and, and kind of hold things together because it's it's a big it's a lot to ask you know first and second year guys to be that kind of leader. And over, I think I don't think SAR is what Reed Travis and um, and Nate Sestina have been the last two years. I think SAR is better than them, but I feel like the leadership role that SAR now has isn't anything he felt at Wake Forest. No. No, it's just like when a when a, a professional athlete has success and then goes to New York or Boston or LA or someplace where the expectations are just different. And yeah. they don't and they don't quite know how to deal with it. And I think that's what I'm seeing a little bit of with him. And there's still time to turn it around. But yeah, it's I just don't think right now it's it's where the the past few guys in that role have been. How much do you think not having a preseason and not having the average practices that they've had the last few years? How much of an effect do you think that had on on this Kentucky team? And if they had it, would they you know be in the same position? 
It, it hurts. It probably you can make the case it hurts them more just because they have so many young guys. But you know, yeah. but still, everybody's in the same. Pretty much everybody's in the same boat. I mean, everybody's exactly. you know, everybody's dealing with the same challenges. You can't tell me North Carolina, Kansas, Notre Dame had normal preseasons. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah, they probably. All of them probably had to go on hold for 10 days or whatever at some point. All of them have had, you know, partial partial groups. They've probably never had their entire roster together all at once. I mean, it's, I mean, everybody's – it's a weird year. And, you know, that, that being said, I think every coach in every sport should get a little bit more rope than usual. <laughs> I don't think – I don't think, you know, it, it's as – I don't think it's – as cool to criticize a coach. Like, I think it's crazy that Gus Malzahn was, was fired. I think, I don't think anybody should be fired. I don't think anybody should be fired in football and basketball after this, this year. I just don't. And that was weird. Yeah. All of a sudden. And I, you know, and I understand there, you got to beat Alabama and you're getting, you're getting overshadowed by them, but he has beaten Alabama multiple times. (laughs) So I don't know, but that's just one example. And and I, and I, I think there's, you could give coaches a little more leeway right now, and you know he'll get his chance. Cal will get his chance to turn it around these next couple of months. But I, I don't think the obstacles that these teams and these coaches are facing are going to get any easier. I mean, everybody's going to have a COVID case here between now and March, and they're going to have true. They're going to have games canceled, games moved, uh, definite, definite uh, negative energy everybody's <laughs> gonna have to deal with and uh you know we'll see but the, like like we said they're gonna have to win the vast majority of their conference games to to even have a chance at this point did you uh did you see the picture of cal um at the <laughs> how, it's conference? how it's going and how it started and that you know, was, uh, <laughs> i mean it just it just looks so weird because it looked like it was a halo <laughs> cut out of a he he looked he looked tired you know he looked uh, he looked he looked older than he's ever looked and uh, you know oh. the whole the whole vibe now everybody's dressing down nobody's wearing a suit anymore it's, it's, maybe maybe that's a the problem they're all they're all dressing like an AAU coach so <laughs> maybe that is his problem once he gets the suit on maybe yeah. he gets a little haircut maybe he might be the the cow we yeah we well, we'll color in the hair and he'll be back to normal but, yeah for sure. Crazy. Well, um, th- uh, Cal, man, I gotta, I gotta appreciate you coming on. It means a lot for you to use your time to help me with this podcast. No, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it as, as often as you need me to do it, and uh, even even on an NFL Sunday, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Just, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, everybody, listen. I really appreciate everybody listening and taking the time out of your day to listen to this small little, small little Georgetown boy just trying to give out his his sports looks and again yeah thanks cal really means a lot hope, and, we'll, hope uh, we'll be seeing each other at the uh, in the gym here in a couple of weeks and uh doing some of the same post-game interviews that'll be fun I, i'm hoping to get in there a little before the game i've been talking to some people hopefully get in there be able to interview coach tim glenn talk about what he thinks his team is going to be and hopefully hopefully get some interviews yeah I'll, I'll be right next to you we'll be we'll be looking for the same player after the game sounds like a plan man <laughs> All right. uh, Thanks for listening. And we out.